I know your family's important to you, and you'd protect them at all costs. Do you know it might not cost as much as you think? Term life insurance will help protect your family from the potential burden of loans. EverQuote is here to make things easy for you to protect your family. Call 866-335-2648 to speak with an agent Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. so you can better understand your needs and so they can help you find an affordable solution. That's 866-335-2648 to speak to EverQuote today. Podcasting from the J&K Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans, by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to the inner hurt, to the Reds fans chatter podcast. I got my uh, shows mixed up this time, but... uh, Anyway, I'm Scott Evans, he's Nick Lawson, and uh, we're going to talk some Reds hot stove action. There's been a little bit of movement, kind of, uh, that we can get into, and uh, some other news uh, around baseball. Uh, I guess starting with the Baseball Writers Association pretty much did what uh, the NL Central teams have done all offseason. That's nothing. They voted no one into Cooperstown. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some impressive names on there, but they're just not getting the votes. Honestly, I think the I think if the right there's some writers that voted for no one. I, I think if yeah. you vote for no one, you should lose your uh, right to vote. Uh, I think the writers have this ridiculous standard that they can't explain on what a Hall of Famer is, what a Hall of Famer isn't. Uh, some years they'll vote for one guy, the next year like, oh, I'm not going to vote for you. It's stupid, it's arbitrary, and it's meaningless. It makes the hall meaningless. It hurts the town of Cooperstown because they they live uh, for for the uh, for the ceremony. It brings in so much revenue for their school system, for their town. Uh, it's a town of under two thousand people. They have a hospital, and it's all based on the uh, tourism that comes in for the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. And uh, not that you should just let anybody in, uh, but there are definite Hall of Famers on the ballot. Uh, you want to punish them for steroids? Okay, whatever. Uh, Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. Pete Rose is a Hall of Famer. Uh, don't hide the bad stuff that they did or were accused of doing, uh, but the game that they played uh, get was good enough to get them in. Scott Rowland is getting closer and closer every year. Uh, I don't understand why uh, he couldn't get in this year. It's ridiculous. And unfortunately with the uh, younger uh, riders that are coming up, uh, I I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Right. I mean, you look at some of the voting, I mean, Kirk Schilling got 71.1%. He missed it by like 16 votes. You know, Barry Bonds was second. He was pretty distant. And Clemens is right behind Bonds. Scott Rowland got 52.9%. Um, he'll get in someday, I believe, I believe, because of the numbers that he had a, as a third baseman. Right. But with, I was like, they're in the Hall of Fame. But my, my point is, if, if what makes him not a Hall of Famer this year, but a Hall of Famer four years from now? Probably it, different writers. It's stupid. Uh, yeah. I think I uh, there needs to be more than just the writers that decide. I know they have the veterans committee, which uh, it's 
that they should get a vote. I think every year, uh, the, the one thing, and I mean, it, it does need to be somewhat limited, but one, it's a hall of fame. So, uh, you're not going to see Homer Bailey in there, uh, as far as being enshrined, uh, you may see his two no hitters there, some artifacts from him, but, uh, I think we can agree. He's not a hall of famer. No, you're not gonna see Robert Stevenson in there unless he buys a ticket. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> he gets but, sniffed the hall of fame. That's about it. Yeah. So, uh, but, and the ceremony, I went to the ceremony with King Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza a few years ago. It lasts forever. You're sitting in the sun in this open field in yep. uh, the middle of New York where the weather can be uh, nice or it can, it can be blistering hot even in, uh, even in north central New York where Cooperstown is. But uh, so, so it, it does get kind of long. You may, long, you may have to... Um, you know, shorten some of the uh, speeches given uh, by some of the players. If you had like the NFL does where they, you know, have five or six every year. Um, but uh, so, something needs to be done because uh, granted 2021 is kind of like 2020. Uh, we don't know what the protocols in New York would be as far as fans and crowd control uh, for the actual ceremony in 2021. You have the 2020 guys, I, I don't believe they did any type of ceremony last year, virtual or otherwise. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, you, you could still have a ceremony this year, still have fans, but uh, uh, when I was up there in 2016, it was pretty recent that they went another year with nobody getting in and uh, talking to the people that live in Cooperstown. They were more upset about it than uh, anyone. So... Just my thoughts. I, I know. Uh, I've I, never been there. That's oh, it, on that's on my bucket list. It's definitely definitely a, a moment. Uh, it, it may be a tr- depending on what the uh, rules are in New York. Um, I disagree with them. They're probably illegal, uh, unconstitutional. But I'm not going to fight it because I have better things to do with my life. <laughs> And I can go someplace else, but uh, I, I do want to go to uh, Cooperstown uh, when there's not a uh, Hall of Fame ceremony going on because the uh, museum itself is, uh, I mean, you could spend days in there and, and not see everything. I, I got to be there the f- Thursday going into the ceremony and uh, did get to see some uh some things before the crowd got there, but uh, that weekend, uh, if you want to see things in the uh, in the Hall of Fame, that's not the weekend really to go. Uh, if you want the full experience, though, and seeing all the Hall of Famers, all the card shops, the celebrities, um, that that's definitely the week week to go. I'm glad I went. Hopefully, get to see Scott Rowland in a few years, and eventually uh, Joey Votto. Uh, but we can have that discussion <laughs> at a later date. Yeah. Uh, the other news, and I saw this interesting, uh, going through teams that have spent money, uh, this year by, by division in the off season, uh, take, take a guess of what the, uh, national league central has spent on free agency in the off season. If you haven't seen it, not much, 3.8, I think it was 3.8 million or $3.2 million. I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but I, it was something ridiculous. It, it was less money than Freddie Galvis made last year. Jesus. So uh, it, it's still kind of a race to the bottom for the NL Central. The Reds still have not really done anything. They did do a couple uh, signings this week and trades uh, that we can get into. Uh, but uh, 
but yeah, it, it's been a very quiet, quiet off season. And, uh, that's kind of, uh, concerning too. I mean, the pirates made a ton of <laughs> moves in the opposite direction, uh, this week. Yeah. They pretty much gave away everybody. Highest bidder took them. Yep. So, uh, the moves that the reds, uh, did make, uh, they traded, uh, Leave for a couple pitchers. Yeah, uh, I don't have it in front of me. You can call me off guard for a second. <laughs> uh, a couple of really no name guys from the Astros. If my phone would work correctly. Yeah, they got Siono. Okay, trade catcher Luke Berryhill to the Astros for Siono Perez. Right. And then they traded. Uh, a player to be named later to the Blue Jays for pitcher Hector Perez. Right. Now, Ciano Perez looks uh, looks pretty promising. Yeah. It's like, I'm looking at his numbers. Yeah, uh, and I believe Hector Perez has pretty good stuff. It's just that his con- control is kind of all over the place. Yeah. Well, you leave it to the Reds to get a guy who can't control his pitching. Right. They uh, also made a number of uh, free agent moves uh, since last week um, that I don't think we talked about. They signed another free agent. Or maybe we did talk about this. Rocky Gale, uh, Brian Riho, Luis Castro, another pitcher. Uh, These are probably all minor league uh, contracts. Ariel Almonte, another catcher, because, you know, we're short on catchers. Uh, Eddie Estures, uh, shortstop Carlos Jorge, Leonardo uh, Balcazar as another free agent shortstop. Uh, another catcher, Diego Lomana. Christian Galeando, uh, pitcher. Uh, Alejandro Rodriguez, uh, Jose Serrano. I think that's who you just mentioned as shortstop. Another catcher, Diego Omana. They were really busy on the 15th. Uh, Malvin Valdez, outfielder. Uh, Luis Reyes, a third baseman. Uh, Rayandro Cruz, a pitcher. And uh, another catcher, Edwin Hidalgo. And uh, so a lot of moves are probably mainly just to f- uh, finish up the uh, minor league roster. So Yeah, I think these were international signings. Could be. I, I, you know what? You're right. Except the exceptions, Rocky Gale. Rocky Gale, <clears throat> excuse me, actually has 15 at bats in his major league career. Or 37, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. He's batting 108. He's batting 108. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, uh, other news, uh, and so we're going to talk about the red shortstops options uh, this year, and there's been some movement there across the league. Uh, one player comes off the list, kind of setting the table, though, as far as uh, what it's going to cost to get a uh, free agent's uh shortstop this this offseason and the uh that was done today yeah uh i mean the the window is closing for shortstops right now unless the res can trade for trevor story which i doubt it because i know he's going to be a free agent after this season um you, you you've got basically a simmons and uh, Didi Gregorius, so you're only two guys left. So they need to make a move sooner or later. And Marcus Simeon signed to the Blue Jays, uh, one year, $18 million. So it's going to cost some money to get 
uh, either Gregorius or uh, or Simmons. Yeah, I think Simmons may be the cheaper one. He'll be the cheaper one. Yeah, the DD will probably be right around that sixteen to eighteen million dollar range. Yeah, uh, Simmons will be shortly below that. And you know, like we we just talked about to open the show, uh, National League Central teams have only spent uh, just over three million dollars this over this offseason combined. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, I mean, the Reds are favored to win the division, and it really the only ones that are making moves, but they're all really minor league moves. Right. Yeah. I mean, the I mean, they've signed. I, I guess one thing to say is uh, they haven't signed that like veteran reclamation project uh, for the most part. They've they've all been young guys that have an opportunity to make it, uh, but uh, that hasn't been. <laughs> That hasn't shown to be uh, that fruitful when they have had to have players for uh, COVID replacement or injury replacement the last couple of years. So uh, it'll be interesting. I guess one thing about the uh, young arms, they got a lot of hard-throwing guys in that driveline system, and Kyle Bodie uh, and Derek Johnson could really uh, help some of those guys with control in spring training. Uh, and speaking of spring training, that's the one other piece of news. Um, nothing's really changed yet, but the, uh, uh, the cities in Arizona and host teams did ask major league baseball if they could postpone, uh, spring training for 30 days. Uh, the union is, is being a pretty much hard line on it saying, no, uh, there's some rumors and innuendo that, uh, the reason why the cities ask is they kind of do want it to be postponed just because of COVID cases and, the projections, which have not been accurate at all, at all <laughs> but are showing that the cases should drop uh, pretty precipitously in uh, in March. Uh, but the union is thinking it's a way for baseball owners, again, to pay players less than what they owe them. So uh, they're going to say no. The players also rejected uh, expanded playoffs, and uh, because baseball tied that, the DH and with that, they rejected that as well. So, uh, I mean, there's still a lot to clear up on how the game and when the game's going to be played this year. Yeah. Um, not having a DH going to hurt a lot of players getting signed. I know Marcelo Zuna was a name that I saw pop up. He was just being listed as a DH in either league, but obviously that's not going to happen. Um, there's guys like him that, that are going to be out of a job for a while. Right. So anyway, let's get back to the Reds. So we've talked about their free agent options, which is pretty much two guys. Let's talk about who they have on the team that could play shortstop if they break camp as is today. Uh, looking at their infielders, uh, Alex Blandino. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I like Alex Blandino. I, I think I see him more as a second baseman than a, uh, than a shortstop. Um, uh, at this point in his career, I think he's had some defensive, uh, not I'm not gonna say issues, but defensive deficiencies uh, in his time. A 238 uh, career hitter uh, in the MLB and 164 at bats, uh, 349 on base percentage, which I do like uh, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, not really much power, two home runs in those 164 at bats, but uh, he does get on base. Uh, but I don't know if he could handle shortstop on an everyday basis. Well, if you might remember in 2019, didn't he break his leg 
or something like that. Or yeah, he did. He was he was up. he was playing really really good during that streak, and then got injured. Didn't play a lot last year. They played all in twenty twenty. Oh yeah, you're right. That's 2019 stats. I just, I saw the low number of at bats and thought it was. That's right. He was. Uh, I think he was injured or still kind of getting over the injury last year, uh, too. Yeah, I, I mean, plus the uh, Reds infield was pretty stacked uh, last yeah. year with quantity of players. Um, uh, the next option at shortstop, he's definitely played there before, did decent, but uh, the bats uh, has always been more of a utility guy. Uh, Kyle Farmer. He had, I think, what maybe a couple games where he was really good at shortstop, right? Uh, but just he, he's not the guy you want to be at shortstop every day. Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, I think he falls into that utility guy that could, you know, get a, a few uh, few at bats here and there. Hit two sixty six last year, which isn't bad, in yeah. uh, sixty four at bats, uh, three twenty nine uh, on base percentage. So offensively, he's there, but again. Uh, is there a defensive uh, struggle there? Uh, probably, being that he's a former catcher. I mean, well, that, that's kind of the. Being a catcher. Well, I mean, you got to adjust from being a catcher to playing the infield. That that's a big adjustment. Right, but uh, if you uh, his uh, he said he actually was shortstop was his actual natural position. So. Yeah, probably college. It, it was. He actually never ca- caught until he got to the big league or to. Professional baseball. Uh, the Dodgers put him there to get catcher and first base. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, the Dodgers have always had a it's pretty sturdy infield, so I guess catching would be his best option. Right. But, uh, yeah, last year he played, uh, looks like, 15 games at shortstop. Uh, so, I mean, not, not his uh, best work, but, I, and again, I don't know if, if he fits into that everyday uh, player. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, the uh, next guy on the list uh, got his uh, cup of coffee last year. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was excited until he actually got here. Jose Garcia. Well, I'm, I'm always excited to see a, a guy get an opportunity. I think that's all he wanted was an opportunity. But he never played above double-A ball. Right. And it, it showed. It showed, especially at bat. Yeah, in uh, 67 at-bats, 13 hits for a 194 batting average. Uh, could not get on base otherwise either, 206 on base percentage. Uh, two RBIs, uh, stolen base. But, uh, I mean, you can't write him off yet. He's 22 years old. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I guess that's an option. Uh, he looked okay, pretty good defensively. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe he'll be ready. Maybe he won't. Another option uh, would be to have uh, Suarez move back to shortstop. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, against that because of the fact that he's he's kind of gained a little weight. He hasn't played shortstop really for a, for a couple years. Um, if you because you can always put Mustakas at third for Suarez at short at shortstop. I get that. It sounds like a good idea on paper. Yeah, I mean, you could always you could always put Nick Senzel back in the infield too. I mean, well, that's true too. He's a third baseman by trade. Wasn't wasn't there some talk about uh, Senzel playing shortstop at one point last year or the year before last? 
I think so. I think there was some they were teetering with the idea because he played shortstop in high school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he played one game and or I'm sorry, three games in 2018 at shortstop. Still not a, it's not a big number to look at though. <laughs> yeah. One one game in 2017. Uh really hasn't played shortstop on a regular basis since uh 2015 uh, when he came over to the Reds. Yeah. And he, he was there's a lot of options. And there, but he know. had 19 errors <laughs> that year at wow. uh, shortstop. But granted, the next year they moved him to third base. He had 23 errors there. Uh, and since then, uh, I mean, 2019 it was a year that he did really well there. That you shortstop that or at third base that you thought still had 17 errors. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, shortstop errors. Uh, for whatever reason, shortstop errors. Uh, you remember those a lot more than than you do uh, than the corner the corner positions. No, I mean even Barry Larkin had a ton of errors. <laughs> you know, he wasn't the greatest shortstop in the world, but he, I mean he did win Gold Gloves. But he did have those seasons where he was bad. Right. So I, I don't know what the Reds are going to do. Uh, Freddie Galvis, I think you mentioned him. He signed with Baltimore today. Uh, not that uh, I don't think anybody was really looking forward to Freddie Galvis coming back to the Reds in 2021. No. So I, I don't know what other options they have uh, as far as what's on the 40 man and uh, non roster invitees. That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chester, Chesler Cuthbert's play some shortstop, I believe. Uh, not much. Right. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go with him to start now. He's, a, he's more of a bench guy. Yeah, I, I was. I, my my hope is they still sign Didi. Uh, I, th- I think it would get some the fans something to get excited about. I, I think it makes the team uh, that much better. As long as the deal's not too crazy, I, I'd almost like to see a short deal like they had, uh, um, like the Toronto signed today with one year, eighteen million dollars or something like that. Uh, it's not my money, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the Reds still have not uh, told season ticket holders yet where they're going to be move moving people for seating. They may not even have an idea of how many fans are going to be allowed in yet. So it, it's it's kind of a mess. Yeah, I mean they got to say something sooner or later about the fan situation, especially oh. spring training's coming up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the they uh, they were supposed to let season ticket holders know. Uh, mid-January, and we're past that already, <laughs> almost to the end of January, uh, where your seats are going to be uh, located to uh, so you can decide if you're going to uh, roll the, uh, the uh, plan to, the, to 2022, cancel, ask for a refund, or uh, what options you had. But uh, uh, they, they need to let people know because uh, fans need to know how to plan, uh, the team needs to know how to plan. Uh, I'm sure government officials are getting in the way of this uh, because they 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 can't do anything right. <laughs> so, nope. um, but uh, but yeah, the the Reds need to uh, need to get something uh, going. I know there's probably been some COVID cases in the Reds uh, front office as far as uh, ticket sales, so that may have had an effect on it. But uh, 
But, I mean, time is ticking away. We're less than a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting uh, to spring training. Yeah, there's another catcher. Or, I'm sorry, another shortstop. I didn't say catcher, and I said that. Um, another shortstop out there. Is that Cozart still, uh, still hanging out there? Uh, is Jose Peraza, is he signed? I, uh, Speaking of former Reds. So. I think he's still a free agent. So, I mean, I, I guess if you go the, the cheaper options, uh, I mean, Zach Cozart would be kind of a good story too, but I think he's, I, th- I think his best years are uh, behind him. Yeah, I think he's like 35 now. I think that would be going to step back. Right. Uh, you know, another guy, he, he never did play shortstop. <laughs> he's still out there too. Brandon Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think 40 years old, I don't think he's going to do it. No, I, it would be nice if they got the ceremony or whatever. But in a year with no or with limited fans, I, I don't think the Reds are even going to do any type of ceremonial type of uh, type of signing. I, I do think he could contribute. He was hitting pretty good in the uh, independent league last year. Uh, granted, yeah. uh, not the same level as Major League Baseball, but uh, he still has some power in his bat. Uh, whether or not he can keep up with 100-mile-per-hour fastballs may be a different story, but uh, he looked pretty good playing for the Lexington Legends. It's like Jose Peraza signed with the Mets. Oh, he already signed with the Mets. so He's got a minor league deal with the Mets. Yeah, so there's uh, the the options, even the cheap route, are becoming yeah. fewer and fewer. Yeah. The Reds are running out of time. you got two guys to choose from, really. Yep. Or you're going to have to go with the internal. I mean, the Reds only have six infielders uh, on the major league roster. So that's kind of a concern, too, because uh, that leaves two bench guys and or two guys off the 40-man roster that aren't starting. So yeah. and with COVID and, and other injuries. Yeah, they, 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 need, they need some bodies. Of course, they signed a lot of international guys, but some of those guys are 16 years old, 17 years old, uh, yeah. may never see uh, see the majors or even the minors. So, Yeah, I mean, right now, if you if you were to start your season tomorrow, Jose Garcia is your starting shortstop. Which I, I don't know if he's ready. I don't either. I think he needs to at least play a AAA for one year. So that that part's not good. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting season. Hopefully, the Reds make one. If they make one signing, that's going to put them way ahead of the rest of the division, because the Cardinals have not even signed the minor league guys. Uh, the Pirates they haven't, have, they haven't even signed their their longtime Hall of Fame catcher. They oh no, Molina is still. They, they, out there. they have done nothing. They haven't signed any guys to ma- a major league contract, or I don't even think they've made a minor league deal. They might have. I haven't paid attention to what they've done with the minor yeah, league deals. But. Yeah, it's 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 crazy going into this offseason and going into the season uh, where teams stand this year. It's not good for baseball, uh, but and, and I think the teams are crying a little bit more poor than they really should. Um. Granted, they probably did lose eighty to a hundred million dollars per team on average last year, just because of no fans and reduced television revenue due to the shorter, shorter season. But they also saved a lot of money in in uh, payroll last year too. Yeah, uh, I understand that not having fans it really hurt them, hurt the pocketbook a little bit. But 
um, baseball has, you know, and you probably know more than I do about how, how much money these teams have, especially with the bargaining agreements and, and all the, the, the nets that they have to spend, especially on free agents. And when they do trades, you have, you send right. money, you get money back. So and they, keep the, they keep the, they keep the books, out there. they keep the books pretty closed, uh, except for the, uh, Atlanta Braves, since they're a publicly traded company, uh, the company that owns them, they have to make uh, make certain financial disclosures. I know uh, before the season started, uh, the Braves had were down ninety four percent in revenue. Uh, so I mean, uh, the I know the union says they they didn't really lose money last year. Scott Boris said that, but uh, I mean, they definitely took a beating last year with the. Uh, shorter season and only TV revenue. Uh, but they did sign the big, uh, as a whole, the revenue sharing deal with TBS and the, and the playoffs. Uh, so it's, they're, they're wanting to, they're wanting to not pay the players is, is, is the big thing. And, um, unfortunately, uh, Rob Manfred's going to be the one doing the negotiating and he's not negotiating in good faith. No, it's speaking of Braves, I know they lost uh, the Hall of Famer Hank Aaron. Oh yes, uh, last week, uh, the one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. In a lot of people's minds, he's still the the king, the home run king, and uh, that's a that's a big loss not to see him on that stage anymore. Uh, when they do the induction ceremonies, uh, it's a big void for baseball. Um, you know, all the prayers go out to the Aaron family. Absolutely, uh, we're gonna, he's going to be missed in baseball. Well, I, th- I think that kind of wraps it up for this week. Uh, next week, I'm not sure what we'll talk about. Uh, hopefully, the Reds do something. And we have something to talk about. Get a shortstop so we can analyze him. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and until next time, go Reds. Go Reds. <laughs>